Programming Notes episodes, the general concept is that you can get an extended summary of episodes if you decide that you'd rather have that than listen to the episodes themselves, as well as some notes about what's going on in the community or how you can be helpful and useful in the community. Programming notes for the week of January 1st, 2023. So happy new year to everybody out there. Hopefully this year is a little less chaotic and more peaceful and harmonious on the world stage. (laughs) And hopefully we can continue to learn about data mesh together. So my call to action for this week is with the community activities getting ready to ramp up again, get in touch with Melissa Logan from Constantia. They're the team that's going to be taking over the data mesh learning community and kind of stewarding it forward into its its next iteration. There will be hundreds of opportunities, literally hundreds, to get involved in 2023. The more, the merrier. Now that things don't have to flow through me, we can have so many opportunities for people to speak host events, you know, even people to just help others that are writing content by being reviewers and editors. There's so many different ways that people can get involved. So just think about what you're trying to get out around data mesh and what could be helpful to others and just kind of reach out to her. So look in the data mesh learning Slack and, and reach out to Melissa Logan. And it's just exactly how you'd expect it to be spelled. So, <laughs> so what's on tap for this week? On Monday, it's episode 175, Ethical Data Usage, Informing and Educating Consumers, an interview with Esther Tam. This was a really fun chat with Esther about how do we start to approach the topic of ethical data usage? This is something I'll be deep diving into much more in 2023 because I think it's really important that we think about ethics not just being about AI. Ethics is what do we collect? Why? How? How do we use it? How do we inform people? And we talked about, you know, that ethical collection and, and disclosure. And do people even really want to be informed about, you know, how data will be collected and used? I think that's still somewhat up in the air. And I, I think it's just kind of an interesting introduction into this concept. On Tuesday, it's episode 176, Measuring the Value of Data Work, Mesh Musings number 39. So the recently released episode with Pink Shoe, which was episode 174, really got me thinking about how can we start to build useful frameworks for organizations out there to measure the value of data work that are scalable instead of one-off. Yes, much of this information will still be kind of qualitative versus quantitative, but that can still be used in a way to generate apples to apples comparisons with quantitative, right? We do have to ask people how much value they place on X or Y or Z, but we can do that. And and how do we keep the data teams from being a central bottleneck around this because they don't have the context to measure, right? This is part of data mesh (laughs) core as, as a theory is that it's about getting things out of the the hands of a centralized team that doesn't have the context. And if all we focus on is kind of the quantitative, then we miss the bigger picture, right? To expand on that analogy, 
if all we're focusing on the pixels is instead of what they add up to the literal bigger picture, is that really what we want to be doing? And then on Wednesday, we have episode 177, Schmack's Corner number 14, The Data Can't Protect Itself. This is likely to be an episode to revisit multiple times throughout the, you know, the coming years. Jamak explains a simple concept. Data should not be copied unless it is owned by a data product. But the why is multi-layered and important. I still don't think I fully got it all, right? It might be one of the most important yet underestimated aspect of data mesh because when done right, it truly ensures trust in data for consumer, but also producer. There's a lot of nuance in how Jamak is thinking about this, but the actual application of this concept is quite easy. And I think we'll discover more and more why this is so important as we go along with Data Mesh. So with that, onto the summary for Esther's episode. Extended summary for episode 175, Ethical Data Usage, Informing and Educating Consumers, an interview with Esther Tam. In this episode, I interviewed Esther, who's an experienced designer at ThoughtWorks. I'd reached out to her to talk about data ethics based on a post Esther had made on LinkedIn around kind of user experience and and designing with ethics in mind. So Esther started the conversation with her background of growing up in Singapore, one of the safest large cities in the world. But that kind of environment can also lull people into a false sense of security when transacting online. Even the Singaporean government was not really thinking about misuse of data as their birth certificates, passports, and their national ID numbers were all the exact same number until 2006. And and until 2016, companies could ask for your full national ID number, and many people gave it out without a second thought to get access to the services that they wanted, right? It was just kind of, eh, yeah, sure, we'll just give this out. That that obviously provides a lot of uh, surface of attack for risk. So the Singapore government has kind of moved towards pretty stringent requirements for themselves to only collect information for legitimate purposes and to store it securely. The few incidents that have been reported on of people in their government accessing the private information of others, you know, whether for kind of scam type reasons or just kind of curiosity or digging into somebody's backline, you know, their, their background and their life it has led to some really strong repercussions. Basically, it's not like many of the other countries, such as the U.S., out there with potentially strong laws, but little to no enforcement of when people kind of do the wrong thing. But when it comes to private companies, even in Singapore, a number are still asking for a significant amount of data without giving clear justification or expected usage. And I think that's important to understand kind of where Esther is coming to this uh, conversation from. So for Esther, creating a low friction user experience, she's an experienced designer. It's, it's a bit of a double-edged sword sometimes relative to ethical collection. Do you store someone's credit card information to make transacting easier next time? 
Do you try to collect as much information as possible to show them, you know, relevant information, especially ads? But let's be honest, though, that second one is about selling ads, not really a better ad experience, right? So how do companies effectively balance how much information to collect in order to provide a great experience, but not too much where you're getting things you don't need and kind of behaving unethically in how you collect that data, like how much you collect what you collect? A fantastic point Esther brought up is that data ethics isn't only collection and usage, though that's often where we focus. Data protection, especially around sensitive information, is a major ethics challenge and question. If you can't protect the data, should you really be collecting it? If you are in possession of sensitive data, what level of duty do you have to protect it? Are you salting and hashing your passwords and other sensitive information? I think this is a really interesting thing to to dig into a lot more. And I think it will come up in in further conversations as well. Because, again, (laughs) if you are collecting so much of this information and you're not really protecting it, is that bad for you? Uh, Maybe, you know, look at the Equifax breach and things like that, where... uh, in a lot of ways, their business did better simply because of it. Um, but, you know, there's some reputational damage, but is that reputational damage really worth um, spending the effort to protect it? And, and, you know, as a consumer, I say yes, but as a company, can we really convince them that that's the case? So again, Esther believes we have to think about who is the burden on to protect information. If a company collects it, Presumably, the burden should be on them. But if people willingly give up very sensitive information to companies, what level of responsibility do we place on the people to be informed and smart about giving their data away? Kind of, who is the shame on for the second time something happens? You know, first time you fool me, shame on you. Second time I get fooled, is that shame on me? You know, is it that we have to really expect that that consumers are really, really, really protective of their own data. You know, how do consumers protect themselves when companies like the U.S. credit bureaus that collect information without consent, especially when, you know, as again, they haven't been very ethical in their level of data protection. Another interesting point Esther raised is how do companies properly explain what data they collect and how will they use it? Be honest out there, you know, show of hands. How many of you actually read through most of the end-user license agreements or EULAs you agree to? Is that because they are insanely tedious or because we genuinely don't care or have resigned ourselves to data being misused anyway? Is that just a friction point in the onboarding experience if you kind of tell people about everything that that's all how all their data could be used and, and everything like that? I think this is a difficult question to to answer. You know, personally, I have been uh, buying some things around the, you know, you can tell when I I recorded this because I've been buying some things around Black Friday and Cyber Monday and things. And in a couple of cases, I just went, I don't want to provide this information, but I literally can't transact with this without doing it. So fine, I guess, whatever. You know, do people really, really care about learning how how everybody could misuse your data and kind of being scared in that way. 
In Esther's view, most people seem to not really be all that concerned with the data they share until it seems it was used improperly, especially if a company sold their data to a partner or some scammer got a hold of it. And most don't expect a scam to happen to them. So, you know, it's kind of the genie's already out of the bottle by the time people are kind of upset about it. So consumers need a better way of understanding their information attack surface and to not give information as freely. But is that mostly, I think it is on companies to not ask for it. But if they can profit off it, can we really expect companies to stop asking for that data? Is this just a chicken and egg scenario where neither side is really going to move first or or that, you know, companies aren't going to give up their uh, information collection. And so consumers just have to kind of go, oh, whatever, if I want to actually do this, then I've got to give them what, what I don't want to give them. If a company does really do a good job of disclosing potential risk of handing over data to them and exactly how they're going to use it, that presumably increases customer trust, according to Esther, right? Unless people just don't want anyone to use their data but they are happier when they don't have to think about it. And then for a company, is that increased trust, if it actually does drive that trust, worth the hassle or even the potential friction and scaring certain users? Again, Esther is an experienced designer, right? Telling everybody, here's all the different ways that we might use your data. Is that just an additional friction point? It might be, quote unquote, the right thing to do ethically, but how many companies are really focused on acting ethically? So we aren't sure if this is a high cost for companies and we aren't really sure it leads to anything all that positive for them. And we aren't sure consumers really care. So why would a company do it unless they have to or feel the need to act ethically? Are companies brave enough to test it out? I think there are a couple of companies that are trying it, something like a DuckDuckGo, but it may lead that there's consumers that, or there's uh, services for consumers where it's like, we're going to have your information wallet and we're going to connect to this service and we're going to deny them as much as we can, right? We're only going to give them the minimum amount of information to uh, actually transact with them. We don't know, right? This is kind of the beginning of the discussion. So Esther wrapped uh, the conversation up with a call to action. Understand that your data has value and consider if giving away your data is worth the value a company is providing you. And how could it be misused? That doesn't mean be paranoid, but also don't give out your information quite as easily. I think it's valuable uh, advice for all of us out there. 